This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Welcome to the Temple of God, Church of God in Christ, a word for you. Hi, I'm Pastor Henry Marbley. You may be in your car right now and you turn to this station. Let me tell you, it was a word for you. God meant for you to turn that channel. You may be at home right now, relax and sit back. We're hoping to take you on a journey through God's word that will bless your hearts and may make a difference in anyone else. Call them on the phone right now. You'll be shocked how God will change your life to words, wonderful words, beautiful words, wonderful words of life. So God bless you. We hoping that you are attentive to this message. And I want you to sit back, get your spoon and fork out. It's going to be gravy. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Marbley. This is Gladys Winters, and you are listening to the Word for You broadcast brought to you by the Temple of God Ministries. We have a speaker for you today, Pastor Marbley's nephew, Minister Daniel Springfield. He is going to bring a word for you. God bless you. Hello, my name is Daniel Springfield. I'm a minister and teacher of the Word of God. Thank you for joining us on A Word for You. Have you ever had an experience where all the lights were off? It was completely dark and you were trying to navigate your way through a cluttered area. What usually happens? You stumble, bump into things, knock things over, trip over things, and you often hurt yourself. But then you find a light switch or a flashlight. And when you turn on that light, you're not only able to see the things that made you stumble, but you're also able to walk more carefully through them. It's the same with spiritual darkness. When a person is in spiritual darkness, they don't know where they're going. They continuously stumble into pitfalls and snares, hurting themselves and those around them. But when that person turns to the light, their eyes are open to see the snares and pitfalls all around them. And when that person is thus given light, they're enabled to walk in the light. This is going to be the subject and title of today's message, From Darkness to Light. Our text is going to be found inside of John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. But before we read that, let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've given to us to go over your word and to learn about the truths, Lord, that you've given to us concerning how to live for you. And Father, we pray that you'll be with all who are listening, that you'll minister truth and grace to their hearts to guide them in your truth, Lord, that we all might grow inside of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's inside of his holy name that we pray. Amen. So inside of John chapter 3, verse 16 through 21, the first verse is very familiar to all of us, but I like to keep reading because John is giving us a full message. Listen to what is said inside of John three sixteen through 21. Listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes on him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already 
because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, I want you to focus on this word condemned. He says he was not believed is condemned already. Now, John is about to elaborate on what this condemnation is all about. What is it that will keep a person inside of a state of condemnation? What is it that will keep a person from receiving the grace that's found inside of John 3.16? John continues, listen. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And the main thing that keeps people from coming from the amazing grace found inside of John 3.16 is they hate the light of Christ. Christ is the light who came into the world. And the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light, and that's why they stay inside of a state of condemnation. And so when the light of Christ comes and shines on someone, that person is put into a position as to whether or not they're going to open themselves up and surrender to his light and allow him to expose their sin, or are they going to duck back into the darkness because they hate the light, as John says, and instead they want to continue in their sin. The Apostle Paul capitalized on what the Lord said inside of Acts chapter 26. Inside of Acts chapter 26, the Apostle Paul is standing before King Agrippa, and he's giving King Agrippa a testimony as to how the Lord called him and what the Lord told him to do with regards to his ministry. And so we're going to jump right into this conversation where Paul is telling King Agrippa what the Lord told him to do. This is what the Lord told Paul. It's out of Acts chapter 26, verse 17. Listen, and I quote, 17 through 20. Jesus said to Paul, I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So this is what Jesus Christ told Paul. He says, I, I'm sending you to turn the people from darkness to light. There it is again. Now, what's very important, what's critical, is to see how Paul interpreted the Lord's command. Because Paul is telling King Agrippa, this is how I ministered from day one. This is what the Lord told me when he sent me out to minister, and this has been my way of ministering since the beginning. So let's keep reading verse 19 of Acts 26. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He didn't modify what the Lord said. He didn't take away from it. He didn't add to it. He just said, yes, Lord. So he said, again, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea that the, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. I find it very critical to recognize how Paul interpreted the Lord's words. The Lord told Paul, turn the people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Paul says, I wasn't disobedient. So throughout every place I went, I told people three things, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Now, that doesn't sound like your typical evangelistic outreach today among many modern Christians, but this was Paul's way of evangelizing, the greatest evangelist who ever walked on planet Earth, the Apostle Paul. He called people to repent. And we've come up with an idea today that we're not supposed to call people, you know, call out sin. Actually, we are. 
This is what Jesus Christ did. Inside of John chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said this, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. Jesus said the world hates me because I call out their sin. Now, this is where somebody says, well, hold on now. Jesus sat and ate with sinners. People love to use that, that, that scripture where Jesus sat and ate with sinners in order to justify kind of a lackluster, uh, lip-wristed approach to telling people that they're in sin. But what we need to do is listen to what Jesus said. Let the Lord speak for himself. When Jesus said he said, when Jesus sat and ate with sinners, he always explained what he was doing with them. And so we read inside of the Bible, Jesus said this, when the Pharisees came to him and said, well, why does he sit and eat with sinners? Jesus says, those who are sick uh, need a physician. In other words, when I'm with them, I'm like a physician with sick patients, healing their sickness. Obviously, he's talking about sin. But then he said this to the Pharisees, listen, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So we need to complete, we need to keep everything in context. When Jesus sat and ate with sinners, he told us exactly what he was doing with them. He says, I'm calling sinners to repentance. Now, when we think of confronting sin, we often envision, envision a harsh, judgmental, critical approach, or we browbeat someone and we get the Bible out and beat them over the head with the Bible. No, get that picture out of your mind. When we're calling people to turn from sin, it's not about being hostile or harsh. Listen to what the Apostle Paul told Timothy inside of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, his young protege, exactly the same thing what the Lord told him. Listen to what Paul told Timothy. Not the same wording, but the same truth. Listen to what, what Paul told Timothy. Quote, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle unto all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken by, captive by him to do his will. Remember what Jesus said? Turning from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you do the same thing. But he said, be gentle, be patient. You know, don't fight with them, but teach them the truth. Correct them, Paul says. That's calling out sin. You correct sin. And God is the one who grants them repentance and delivers them from the power of Satan to God. We are called to turn people from, the, from darkness to light in gentleness and wisdom. Remember, when Christ sent the disciples out to witness, he said, Be wise as serpents, but harmless or gentle as doves. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. He wanted Timothy to do exactly what he was called to do. Shine a light on sin in order to move people to repentance and then lift up the savior of sinners in order to draw people to Christ. And notice here, it's God who grants them repentance. Remember, we plant the seed, but God gives the increase. God is the one who effectually moves in the heart of someone in order to open their heart to the truth. But we, nevertheless, are called to do our part in presenting the light of the truth. So what happens after a person has come to the light? Now, remember that the pattern that Paul established for his whole ministry, he told people repent. In other words, he called out sin. Then he said, turn to God. In other words, he, told, in other words, he taught people to turn to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Then after the person was saved, he said, do works befitting repentance. And then start, li start living out 
that repentance. In other words, start walking in the light. So you shine a light on sin. The person repents of their sins and turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, but the light is still there. And so the Lord says, now start walking in the light. Listen to what it says inside of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 15. Listen very closely. Paul says this to Christians. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is a shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest for the, by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Now let me pause right there. Remember what it says inside of John chapter 3, where it says those who refuse to come to the light, they don't want to come to the light because they don't want their sin exposed. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ told Paul, turn from darkness to light. And Paul realized, if I shine a light on sin, I'm exposing sin. And that's supposed to move people to repentance. And so here we see again, light exposes sin. So again, all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake out of sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise. That word circumspectly is very important. When he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, it means walk carefully. Walk carefully. Because just because we have light now, the person's believed, just because they have light now doesn't mean that automatically you're able to you know, run in the light. Well, we still have the darkness of the sinful flesh that we need to learn how to overcome. And so we need to walk carefully as we start learning to walk in this new light that Christ has given to us. Listen to what it says inside of John chapter 11, verses 9 through 10. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. Proverbs 4:19. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So again, we are called to walk carefully. When we are brought from darkness to light, we have to learn to walk in the light. But it doesn't happen automatically, as I mentioned before. So how exactly do we walk in the light? Well, let's look at 1 John to get some answers to this. First, inside of 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-7, through 7, the apostle says this, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So John tells us, number one, we need to walk in the light. And if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another and, of course, fellowship with God. But then John himself takes the time to explain to us in more detail how to walk in the light. And that we find that in the next chapter, 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And I want you to listen very closely here. You need to follow me now so you can understand how to walk in the light. Listen to what John says. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Oh, I wish we could spend a lot of time at one verse. 
John says the way we walk in the light is to walk in Christ-like love, not just any love, Christ-like love toward our brother and, of, and of course, toward God. And when we walk in the light, he says, there's no cause for stumbling. Why? Because we're walking in the light and we're walking in the light because we're walking in love. Paul builds on this same truth inside of Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Listen to what Paul says about when we walk in love, we're able to overcome sin. Listen, oh, no man anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments you should not commit adultery you should not murder you should not steal you should not bear false witness you should not covet and if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying namely you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to its neighbor neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law john and paul agree when we walk in love, we are given the ability to overcome sin. And John specifically says, when we walk in love, we're walking in the light. The love of Christ is sacrificial. It is always thinking about others. That's how Christ was. He was always thinking about the will of his father and the needs of others. He was never selfish. When a person is filled with self, they're filled with what self wants. And that old fallen self nature within us has a strong appetite for sin. So the Lord calls us to walk in light. And John tells us that we walk in light by walking in Christ-like love. And in such a state, he says, quote, there's no cause for stumbling in us. But love not only keeps us from sin because it teaches us to be selfless, but it also gives us power over sin because it enables us to walk in the spirit of God himself. Listen to what John says again. inside of 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Listen, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Though so everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, if you don't love, you don't know God, for God is love. And again, inside of 1 John four sixteen, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. When we walk in Christ-like love, we are literally abiding in the spirit of God himself, and the spirit of God himself is abiding in us, thus giving us power to walk inside of that love and overcome sin. Remember, remember what John said. When we walk in love, we walk in the light. And when we walk in the light, quote, there's no cause for stumbling in us. Now, it's important that, to add that walking in the light also means walking in the light of the word of God. That's important, but that's not the main crux of this message. But if we're not walking in love according to that word, all you're doing is get a lot of head knowledge. Paul told the Corinthians, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, literally builds up. So we can know the word of God, but if we're not walking in love, we're missing the whole point, And we're just going to fill our head with a lot of knowledge, but we're not going to have any power. You won't have any power. The Bible is clear. When we walk in love, we walk in the light and there's no cause for stumbling in us. And we're unable to fulfill the whole law, as Paul said in Romans chapter 13. Well, what about you? Are you constantly stumbling into sin? If you are, then by definition, you're walking in darkness. You're not walking in love, which means you're not walking in the light. Now, this is not meant to condemn us. Now, when I mention this, I'm not saying this to give you a guilt trip or make you feel bad. Uh, so if we're stumbling into sin, by definition, is something that we don't see. 
by definition, is something where our eyes are veiled by darkness. And that darkness is always rooted in the flesh. Our eyes are off of God. Our eyes are off of others, the good of God, the, the will of God, the truth of God. Our eyes are off of what's, what's in the best interest, of, best interest of others, and instead our eyes are fixed on ourself. And self always has an appetite for sin, wrongdoing, and foolishness. So if we're stumbling, by definition, it is a symptom of the fact that we're not walking in the light, we're walking in darkness. It's like pain is to the body, this symptom is. Pain is not there to destroy us. It's there to correct us so that we move from the source of the pain. When we fall into sin, we should never make excuses for it. This would only leave us in darkness. We should repent of it and remove ourselves from the source of the sin. We should immediately realize that we're out of step with God. We're not walking in love, which means we're not walking in the light. We're walking in darkness. And that's why we stumbled. So this, so this is what the Lord calls us to. First, to recognize and be repented over our sin. And when the light of the truth has shined on us, listen, first to recognize and be repented over our sin when the light of truth has shined on us. Then turn to God by believing on the Savior of sinners that we might be saved. And after we're saved, we are called to walk in the light that God has given to us. And we walk in the light by walking in sacrificial love. And this light is progressive. The moment we turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, we begin progressing inside of the light, growing day by day. But it's intentional, though. Inside of Proverbs chapter 4, I believe, verse 19, it says, The way of the righteous is like the, the shining of the day. It shines brighter and brighter into the perfect day. Light is progressive, but we need to obey the little light we have in order to progress to greater light. And as we grow in the Lord by walking in his love, thinking of him, always him, thinking of others, and not thinking of self. Jesus says, deny yourself. And while we're thinking of him and thinking of others and seeking to follow him with all our hearts and love others with the love of Christ, then all of a sudden we find this amazing ability to overcome all the sins of our selfish flesh. Now, what about you? Have you come to understand the grace that God has given to you inside of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you come to the light of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you on the cross, who died for our sins and was buried and rose again? Do you understand why he died? Do you understand why it's so serious to come to him? Because we're sinners. All of us are sinners and one day we're gonna stand before a holy God and give an account of ourselves for our sins. We'll be judged one day. So come to the one who bore your judgment for you. Come to the one who died in our place. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And so, Father, I pray that you'll be with every one of us and grant us your grace to walk inside of your light, to walk inside of your love, to walk inside of the spirit of Christ, overcoming sin and shining Christ into a dark world. Be with the lost soul out there and turn them to the Savior before it's eternally too late. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for joining us on A Word For You. I pray that the word was a blessing to you and that it, it gave you some truth to chew on and some light to direct your path. And I pray that you'll continue to join us. We come on every Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. on Saturdays, sometimes at 7. Again, we come on every Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. and on Saturdays, sometimes at 7 p.m. And so, again, thank you for joining us. So until next time, May God bless you and keep you and direct you into his perfect will for your life. 
we want to thank Minister Springfield for such a great message. God has been good to us. God has been gracious to us. I just hope you got something out of today's program. Let me give you that new phone number again. The new phone number is 313-263-1725. That's 313-263-1725. I hope you prayed the prayer of salvation with him. Father, come, Jesus, come into my life. Make a new creation out of me. Be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I would just like to say that God has been good to us. God has been good to you. Let's bless his name and let's thank him for all that he has done. I love him. He's a wonderful God. And uh, as we go forth in this ministry and as we work to do the will of God, we look to hear from you. Let me get that phone number again. It's 313-263-1725. And that's Pastor Marbley. And that's the Temple of God Ministries. We have our announcer coming up very soon. This is Minister Jeff Marbley for the Word for You broadcast. Temple of God Ministries. We thank you. And we thank you for listening. God bless you today and heaven smile upon you. God bless you. You have been listening to the Word for You broadcast, a teaching ministry from Pastor Marbley and the Temple of God Ministries. Are you in need of prayer? Feel free to call us now at 313-424-3065. Again, that number is 313-424-3065. We cannot stay on the air without your help. Donations can be made out to Temple of God Ministries, 9392 Mac Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48214. This program is sponsored by the Temple of God Ministries.